Welcome to the oh, hey there. podcast. We are back. Episode 8, the Steve Young edition of the podcast, uh, brought to you by the Niners Nation Podcast Network. Happy Labor, Day, happy Labor Day to everybody out there. By the time you're hearing this, it is Tuesday, so you are back to work um, or back to school or wherever you're listening uh, to this podcast. As always, I'm Javier with my guy, Leo. Leo, how was your weekend? And we have football, NFL football, in less than 72 hours. NFL football, yeah. I was uh I'm glad you said NFL because there was a ton of college football going on this weekend. I may have to enter the transfer portal because my Miami Hurricanes are just awful, <laughs> awful, awful. I don't know why Alabama's on the schedule. They should have scheduled, you know, maybe Buffalo or something. Hell, even Buffalo m- might have beat them. Um, but four-day weekend for me at least since it was the Labor Day weekend. Yes, I'm mentioning that to rub it Rub it in Javi's face because he gets no days off, guys. Like the fact that we're sitting here recording this podcast, he literally had to make time out of his schedule for us. So I appreciate it very much, my guy. Uh, yeah, it is 11 Central Texas time. I got home an hour and a half ago after Ooh. getting to work at eight seven forty five this morning. So that has been my life the last. Happy Labor Day, been, buddy. Yeah, Happy <laughs> Labor Day. That has been my life the last five six weeks now. But it is what it is. It is the car business. We are here to make sure uh, those sales get made, right? Um, right? But everyone out there, hopefully you enjoyed your Labor Day. It was safe and uh, enjoyable for everybody out there. The 49ers are playing on Sunday, and they are playing a really good opponent, I promise you. No, I don't <laughs> promise you. Uh, the 49ers are playing the Detroit Lions. Um, looking over this roster for Detroit, on paper, this looks like a blowout. This looks like the Carolina Panthers versus the 49ers in 20, 2019. Like this is what I'm expecting. I probably shouldn't expect that because it is week one. Anything can happen. Uh, but the 49ers are going to be playing the Detroit Lions on Sunday. But before we get to the game preview and any of those details, just a couple updates. The 49ers did sign Josh Norman, Josh Norman, cornerback, formerly of the Buffalo Bills, Carolina Panthers, Washington football team. He's been around the league a little bit. He's going to be 34 this year. This signing, when it happened, hit our timelines on Sunday. Um, and then the corresponding move was Dante Johnson being cut from the roster. Josh Norman, what is what do you what do you think this has to do? Does this have to do with anything injury wise, depth wise? What are you thinking? Because I have my thoughts on this. I want to hear yours first. I think looking at the 49ers cornerback room, you're gonna have questions with health, you know them being available for all 17 games this season. And that's what the signing with Josh Norman is. The first guy off the bench is going to be Diamador Lenore. Yep. Now with Lenore, he's a rookie who's taken zero NFL regular season snaps. Do you want to bring a second guy off the bench if Lenore has to say, you know, play play the nickel corner spot for K1 Williams and now you need a, another outside guy because Emmanuel Mosley had another hiccup or Jason Brett blew a tire uh, with Josh Norman. You're able to get that veteran presence. If you go out and get a younger guy, you're just going to add another inexperienced player on top of Diamador Lenore. At least with Josh Norman, you do have that experienced player. Uh, my initial thoughts was this was, man, I wish this was the fi- 2015 Josh Norman and not the 2021. But yeah. in honest he wasn't bad last season uh, his passer rating against was 88 which is far below league average like 
passer rating now, the league average is about 100 now, which is crazy to say. So having a passer rating against that 88 is, is fantastic. Only gave up one touchdown last season with the Buffalo Bills, but he also did have a pick six against Tua Tava. Blah, 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 Tua. Um, so yeah, let's just, just say Tua. Just say Tua. Tua Tago. Uh, but so, yeah, he wasn't bad last season with the Bills, and and I think that's the, the most... I guess silver lining you can have with a player this old and a player this closer to retirement than to his prime, which his prime was probably about like two years, three years max. Um, But I like this signing. I'm always going to be pro veteran before say just signing a guy that was working at a kiosk. Unless I'm the guy that was working at the kiosk, then I would be okay with it. But yeah, I, I like the signing. Josh Norman, he's someone I wanted back when they had the the miscues in Carolina. Uh, good thing that didn't happen because ultimately he had to get released by the Washington football team. Um, but it's a good signing. He's going to be your your second guy off the bench. And when your second guy off the bench could be Josh Norman, I, I think that's a good sign. Yeah, I think there's, um, you know, I think the issue here is the signing is, where's Emmanuel Mosley? Because he hasn't or- practiced. Let me, let me ask you this: Where's Ambry Thomas? You Ambry make Thomas signing, be You make this signing because you you realize Ambry Thomas isn't where you want him to be. That's why Correct. you make the signing. Yeah. So to get yeah to that, Ambry Thomas is likely going to be one of the inactive players on Sunday. I would bet good money that he will be inactive. Emmanuel Mosley hasn't practiced in a couple days. He was on the side field today, running, uh, dealing with a hamstring. I still I believe that's what it is he's still dealing with. So you make this signing because you're not sure if E-Man is going to be available. So if Diamondor Lenore is off the bench as your starter across from Jason Verrett, you're going to want a veteran who is similar to what you need, right, um, for this defense. Am I, am, do I think it's a big deal to have Josh Norman play against the Lions? No, not really, because I'm looking at this wide receiver depth for the Lions. It does not worry me at all. This probably is the worst wide receiver room in the NFL. Um, and I don't want to dis- diminish any of these guys because – I do like St. Brown out of USC, the rookie, but he is still a rookie. And I would take Jason Verrett over any of these guys. And E-Man, if he's healthy, over any of these guys. And even a Josh Norman over any of these guys. And then D'Amador, Lenore, um, I'd have to go back and watch some tape, see how he handled St. Brown when Oregon played USC to see how that how that looked. But I haven't done that yet. So with the Norman thing, you know, is he going to be here by week three? Who knows? Right, because it could Ambry Thomas make us some pushes, make some pushes there. It also means to me that they probably would have brought Richard Sherman back, but in this case, they probably wouldn't do Sherman dirty. You know what I mean? Sign him to release him. You know he's been a key factor for the 49ers the last three years. You don't do that to a guy who's helped you be successful. Um, you know that's a cutthroat type thing. You don't do that to certain players, and Sherman's one of those guys you don't do that to. So with Josh Norman, we'll see how long he's on the team. You know he. The, if the hope is he doesn't have to play very much, right? You don't you don't want those things to happen. But if he does have to play in a pinch, I think these first two weeks, this is kind of the ideal situation where you want to bring the guy in like that. Also, you would figure you would want this guy to play some special teams. Josh Norman did get a small size of special teams last season. You're not going to sign Richard Sherman and say, hey, you're going to be our second guy off the bench, but we also want to have you on punt coverage or or kickoff coverage. Um, whatever it may be, and have some type of special team role. 
you're not going to sign Richard Sherman to have him do that. That's, you know, he's a Hall of Famer. And like you said, he was a staple of this defense when they did get to the Super Bowl. Yeah, you don't do that to those type of guys. They have too much respect for him. And I'm not saying they don't have any respect for Josh Norman, but the type of player, you know, there's there's levels to this. You know what I mean? You're not going to do that to Richard Sherman. Um, so they, they did sign Josh Norman, uh, contract slightly above that minimum with the ability to get to $2.5 million. We'll see how long he's on the roster. Hey, if he plays well, great. If he doesn't play at all, also great. It means your other corners are doing their job. So that's a plus there. Um, some other injury news. Jalen Hurd, not really injured, just hasn't practiced either. This is what we talked about last week. I still think this is kind of what they're, they're kind of hoping to do, or not hoping to do, but plan to do. Work Jalen Hurd back in slowly, right? If you don't have a punt returner, Travis Benjamin is on your practice squad. Now you can have Jalen Hurd inactive. Bring up Travis Benjamin for the uh, 53-man roster, and you go from there. Um, Jalen Hurd just has to be able to be ready by week three because you can only do this, bring up a guy twice on the practice squad. So the hope is that Jalen Hurd can be ready to go by week three, I would assume. Um, Jalen Hurd not practicing is just... It's it's super frustrating because you you know the talent is there. The, he does lack explosiveness. We saw it against Las Vegas. I think the Niners are really trying to work this one out, similar to the situation with Jimmy Ward with all his injuries, Eric Armstead with all his injuries, um, Jason Verrett, of course, and a few other guys are trying to hope. You know, they're trying to reap the rewards of their commitment to these guys who've had injury issues. So Jalen Hurd hopefully can do contribute in some capacity for this team. Releasing him does them nothing. They've invested a third-round pick. So many assets invested in the wide receiver room to still have questions in the wide receiver room. It's kind of frustrating as a 49er fan. Oh, yeah, it's super frustrating. First off, it's with Travis Benjamin. I don't think they necessarily have to pull him up every time and and use that to uh, abilities to pull up a practice squad player because you're more than likely going to keep five receivers on game day than six receivers. So I don't know if they have to call him up every time. I guess that's going to be contingent on their their punt returning status and their kickoff return status and, and seeing what that is going to be for game day. And then with Jalen Hurd, what you said there is the lack of explosion against the Oakland, Los Angeles, Las Vegas Raiders. Just that lack of explosion does draw the red flag for me. And what I'm going to say is this may look like a healthy redshirt year to where the guy's should be able to be available for game day, but you're more often than going to healthy scratch him to where it's like, if he's going to have a red shirt year, that may happen the first quarter of the season or when he shows more explosion. Cause I don't know how he fits this team on game day more than Juwan Jennings does more than Muhammad Sanu does more than Trent Sherfield does. I don't see him as a top five receiver just based off the explosion we saw of with that third preseason game, we saw the explosion with Juwan Jennings in the first preseason game, running those tunnel screens against the Kansas city chiefs where he got two of those. And each time he picked up a first down. So Juwan Jennings showed the explosion Trent Sherfield. He obviously is, you know, probably the third best receiver on this team. Uh, and from what Matt Mayoko has said, sometimes he looks like the best receiver on this team. And then with Muhammad Sanu, he's obviously had a really good camp, had a touchdown against the Chargers. He He's not always going to be an explosive guy, but he does win off his routes, and, and he does create more space from what I have seen 
than Jalen Hurd. Uh, so Jalen Hurd's not a top five receiver on this team. He barely made the top six spot on this team. Uh, so I, it may just end up being a healthy redshirt year until Kyle Shanahan wants to just say, screw it, I'm going to take the training wheels off, and this is going to be your make or break time. Here goes a few weeks, put it together. If it's not there, then I think they may have to move on. Yeah, I, they're going to have to do something because you can't just keep carrying a guy who doesn't contribute, right? So maybe they should have kept Kendrick Bourne. I don't know. I was on that train. Keep KB, whatever. Um, but do they make a midseason trade if that's the issue? I don't know if they'd go that far, but uh, I think they have enough in the wide receiver room I'm, with. Uh, yeah, I'm a little more optimistic. I do like yeah. what I see from Sherfield. Yeah. Um, you know, Antonio, those tunnels, Brown Antonio Brown 2.0, like obviously the better gr- – Antonio Brown's like the great value of Trent Sherfield. So we should yeah. actually be calling Antonio Brown. Man, Antonio Brown looks like Trent Sherfield out there. Maybe we'll get that going. Obviously, I'm kidding. Antonio Brown's a Hall of Famer. Yeah. It's uh it, the wide receiver room is just, you know, I think they have enough. You have four legit targets. George Kittle is obviously going to be your primary target. Ayuk, Debo, and Sherfield. That's more than enough. That's more than what a lot of teams have in just their as as skill position players and you add in the running backs. Big slot with Mo Sanu. Yeah, you got Sanu in there and then you add in Ross Dwelly who has really good hands. So there's there's enough enough targets to go around. There's enough guys who can get the job done. However you would hope Jalen Hurd can give you something. And that's kind of where we're at with this. Um another injury, not really an injury. Who knows what kind of injury? Trey Lance no longer in a splint on his finger, was not taking snaps or throwing today. The 49ers did say this was a seven-day thing, and then we'll reevaluate or hope that he can throw or take snaps today when they announce the injury of the uh, microchip on his finger. I'm not surprised by this. I'm not surprised that he wasn't taking snaps. I'm not surprised that he wasn't throwing. This, to me, felt like something we won't see Trey Lance until week three. When they said it, then you did some research. You read a few things. It seemed like a four- to six-week injury. The, the, the bone could be healing but the swelling is still there and it's painful to throw and or take snaps. Um, you know, you don't want to re-injure or re-aggravate. This is, the 49ers made this pick, hopefully, to have a 15-year quarterback, not one for week one. Week one is a blip on the, you know, the the whole future of this 49ers, 49ers team for the next 15 years. So that's the hope. Do we, do we see Trey Lance on Sunday? Maybe. Who knows? But I wouldn't be surprised if we don't see him play at all on Sunday. So Trey Lance is still, he's not out, but he's not throwing or taking snaps. He's still participating in practice to some capacity, likely running around, running the ball, things like that. How I also look at Trey Lance is, does he necessarily need those snaps um, right now? The guy's ready to go. He knows the playbook. Uh, I think what he needs to learn and grow on is facing NFL defenses. So I don't know how much throwing the ball you know against a a casper cover defense or just taking snaps from the center uh he he comes from a pro style system he's been taking snaps for a while it's not something that he necessarily has to get used to like most quarterbacks that just simply sit back in shotgun their whole college career that's not the case for trey lance um do we see him week one i'm not sure i wouldn't be surprised if we see him out there i don't know how much of this two quarterback system they want to use Like you said, I think that's the best thing to say is they want a quarterback for the next 15 years, not necessarily a quarterback 
right away week one against the Detroit freaking Lions. Uh, so based off your opponent, you should be in the green light to just blow him out of the water by 40 points with the Jimmy Garoppolo. So with Trey Lance, we'll see. And also like Kyle Shanahan's been prolonging this whole process of I'm not announcing QB1. I'm not announcing QB1. I'm not announcing QB1. So if he goes out there and says, oh, this is a two to three week recovery time for Trey Lance. Well, what you did was basically announce your QB1. And that goes against this whole thing that he's been trying to prolong. So, yeah, if he knows this is going to be a two to three week process and for Kyle Shanahan to say seven days, it's a smart way to work the media and smart way to not tip your hand against your opponent to where they still have to study for Trey Lance because they don't know if he's going to be out there or not, just like us. Yeah, Kyle's been playing 40 chess all offseason. I don't expect him to stop now. For all we know, uh, Trey could take snaps tomorrow and throw the ball, right? They practice tomorrow, too. They practice Wednesday, Mm -hmm. walk through Thursday, travel Friday, walk through Saturday, and then game day Sunday. So um, for all we know, Trey could practice tomorrow in in full, and it won't be a non-issue. Um, and I and think here and I, this is Tuesday, so right. And I think on Tuesday would mark day eight. Uh, Monday should have been day seven. Tuesday would mark day eight. So that's yeah. a great thing to bring up to where maybe it's day eight, maybe it's day nine, maybe it's you know whatever. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he could definitely be taking snaps by time this podcast is obviously posted out on the internet. I want to see Trey in this game, but it's not. It's not make or break for the Four Niners in this game. I think we can. Fully expect the 49ers to win this game. They do have the largest spread, or uh, I think it's, yeah, the 49ers are favored minus seven and a half. So I am not too worried about this game in general. I think the 49ers can run the run the ball really well against this team and, you know, limit stupid mistakes from Jimmy or Trey Lance, whoever is deciding to throw the ball. Keep it at a 20 25 uh, passing reps and just run the ball 40 times and, and you'll be fine. Get out of this game. Dan Campbell was uh, did have his press conference today. Just wanted to touch on that. Dan Campbell was very complimentary of the 49ers and something that we we're going to get into about the game preview is just how these matchups are going to work. So I, I just think I thought it was pretty interesting how he mentioned who stood out to him. <laughs> uh, so let's get to Dan Campbell. Well, what jumps out is the one who's not there, and that's Bosa, which we know is going to be back. So, <clears throat> you know, I think uh, – Miko Ryans is, is uh, putting his own kind of spin or flavor on this defense. There's a lot of similarities, yet I think there's things that uh, he's wanting to be more aggressive with. We won't know that entirely till we get into the game against them, but I know we have to prepare for everything. Um, it's an attacking style defense, um, you know, and and they've got certainly some pieces up front. They got a, a damn good middle linebacker and. <clears throat> And, uh, and, and you know, pretty good secondary. So that's just on the defensive front. Obviously, offensively, I think that uh, there's very few that do a better job than Shanahan offensively. And he's got weapons, starts with Kittle. And, uh, you know, the things they're able to do, mix up the run game, play pass, um, and a lot of eye candy uh, to try to get your defense on its heels. I mean, this is a huge test for us. It's a good team, and it's a well-coached team. Dan sounds nervous. He knows what he has on paper, and he sees what the 49ers have on paper, plus what they show on tape. Without, the guy, without, without Bosa. <laughs> without Bosa. I'm like, oh, okay, that's interesting. So you're watching 
2019 film right now? Like, are you just say, hey, screw it, guys, throw on Super Bowl because that's what it's all about. That's what we're playing for at the end of the day, throwing on Super. And is that what they watch? Because Bosa <laughs> dominated that game in every single game he played in 2019. Um, yeah. So yeah, no, no 2020 film that he he mentions, no preseason film that he mentions, just Bosa, Bosa. I mean, to be fair to his, you know, to, to shoot him some bail here, it was noticeable not having Bosa out there in 2020. However, yes. however, yes. Fred Warner, Jimmy Ward had outstanding seasons last year, regardless of the Niners record, right? So he's looking at that like, damn, they did that with those two. How are they going to look with 97 back out there? Oh, and by the way, D Ford's on a pitch count, so we know we're going to see him on third, second and long, third and six. So he's just like, he's just scratching his head. And we took Penesul, a guy that we don't know if he's any good. So he's he's looking at his defense like, okay, Jared, if McVeigh couldn't help you win, how am I gonna <laughs> help you win? So and I'm not trying to I'm not trying to uh disparage uh Dan Campbell here, but he knows what he has on his roster. These teams that's one thing about you know, during this this whole process of podcasting and being in some type of media form, you start to realize not everybody on your team is really good, right? So you start to think like these head coaches know oh, on yeah. paper that this this Lions team is no they're there's a huge talent gap here mm-hmm. between these two teams. And then you have to then you have the head coach battle. Would you rather have Kyle Shanahan or would you rather have Dan Campbell? That is a humongous mismatch. Mm-hmm. So um it is gonna be very interesting. I think that's the biggest mismatch in this game. Kyle Shanahan versus Dan Campbell. Like that just to me seems like the biggest mismatch of all. Yeah, I would I would definitely agree with that. You mentioned the mismatch with the Detroit Lions receiving room, which <laughs> it's ugly. It's ugly. Do yourself a favor and just look at the Detroit Lions depth chart if you're listening to this, and you will literally be like, man, that reminds me of the 2016 San Francisco 49ers uh, receiving room. But, well, honestly, it may be a little better because they do have a Mon St. Brown there. But besides that, it's just, it, yes, this is the biggest biggest Mitch match uh a year one game one head coach versus a Kyle Shanahan who's kind of been there done that and I say he's been there done that because he saw this team literally at the bottom of the league and then he's also saw his team at the top of the NFC uh literally eight minutes away from winning a Super Bowl against Patrick freaking Mahomes and Andy Reid so he's been there done that he's seen it all he's seen it all seen it with his father as well when you know finished the job so this is definitely the biggest mismatch of the NFL uh, week one, just week one in general, not not even 49ers versus Lions week one, biggest mismatch, Dan Campbell versus Kyle Shanahan. And that's how that's kind of how I look at this now is these head coach battles, right? Like we all know Kyle's is genius. And then the Lions on defense, they don't scare me. Offensively, they don't scare me. So I'm not too worried about it. So let's get to some of these matchup, matchups. Dan Campbell mentioned it. Nick Bosa. So let's get to that defensive line versus this offensive line. Jared Goff, we've we've seen him plenty. He doesn't move well. He doesn't move out of the pocket well. And Panay Sewell had a very hard or lackluster preseason. How is he going to hold up against a guy like Nick Bosa? Are the Niners inclined to move over Eric Armstead to the left side and allow him to play 
versus a shorter arm Panay Sewell and take advantage of Armstead's length. There's a lot of moving pieces here, and I'm pretty sure if I noticed it, D'Amico Ryan's noticed it, that you can take advantage of a guy like Panay Sewell with a guy like Eric Armstead, who is, you know, 6'8", he's got 75-inch arms. I'm not certain if that's accurate or not on the arm length, but the point still remains that he is a much longer um, defender versus a much shorter, short-armed uh, offensive tackle. So that that's just an interesting battle for me. Um, and then, of course, the running back, DeAndre Swift, isn't healthy. So you have Dre Greenlaw, Fred Warner. Those are the responsibilities there. How they're going to utilize Marcel Harris in this game. The Niners have a whole bunch of chess pieces on defense to go against this offense. Um, but the biggest mismatch, I think, realistically, is those edge defenders, Bosa, Ford, Armstead, Ibukum versus Panay Sewell and the other left tackle or the other tackle, Taylor Decker. So I like the 49ers chances in this game and I don't really care for Jared Goff versus versus pressure. We know the numbers. Jared Goff is atrocious versus pressure. Yeah. And with uh, Panay Sewell, I was just kind of looking at what he did at this preseason from a numbers perspective. He had a total of 37 pass blocking snaps played. He allowed four pressures and 37 snaps. That's less than 10 passes per snap. And your quarterback is getting pass rush from your right tackle. With the hits allowed, he, he allowed one, one sack allowed. And what PFF actually grade his pass blocking grade, get this, in the far red at a 27 pass blocking grade. It's not like he was better in the run either. In the run, PFF ranked him at 46.5. And this is a guy who got picked very early by the Detroit Lions, seventh overall in this year's draft. And he struggled this preseason, struggled. And he's arguably going to go against a top five defensive line in the NFL. Um, If not, I would probably say if you consider the starters plus the, the depth behind the starters, this is probably a top two defensive line in the NFL if you equate all of that. And he's going to have to go against that after a poor, poor preseason showing four pressures in 37 snaps. That just blows my mind. Imagine what 49ers Twitter would do if Michael Glinchy had four pressures allowed in 37 snaps. Just imagine what they would They'd have do. a heart attack. They'd have a heart attack. So that that's what makes me OK, uh, because initially once the pick was made, I knew who Swell was. Um, I knew who Taylor Decker was. So I said, this is going to be a great matchup uh, for the defensive line with these tackles here that the Detroit Lions have, even with Frank Rag now at center, like he's, he's a good center. He's a top 10 center in the NFL. Um, so it was very interesting to me, but now seeing the preseason that Panay Sewell is putting together just makes me feel confident that this defensive line is going to be able to dominate a quarterback that they are used to dominating in the pass rush. Okay. I pulled up Mike McGlinchey. He has taken 27 pass rushing snaps this preseason, 27. So that's 10 less. He's allowed zero pressures in those 27 snaps. Is Mike McGlinchey good all of a, all of a sudden? Is Mike McGlinchey, am, am I getting a 69 Jersey? Nice. Uh, maybe. Nice. That would be nice. Um, but yeah, it's, so that just shows you the difference between these two guys. Um, for Mike McGlinchey to have those zero pressures, Panay Sewell to have four. Let's eat. Let's eat. Let's eat. 
Yeah, that's rough. Now with Penesu, I'll shoot him some bail. He didn't play in 2020, so he's probably, you know, he's got to get back into form. This may not be the time to do that weekend. (laughs) It's not the time to uh, to work on your pass drop sets. Um, But good luck, Penay. You have to face the likes of D Ford, Nick Bosa, Eric Armstead, Samson Ibukum. You know, maybe the Niners get really, really creative and put Kevin Gibbons over there. Or, or hey, look, here's Contavious Street. We're going to just throw the kitchen sink at you. From a pressure standpoint, I think the Niners can be very confident with rushing four, dropping seven, forcing Jared Goff into some bad decisions. I'm going to go ahead and out of limb here and make a prediction. Fred Warner has a pick six this game to start the season off right with all pro Fred. Um, so that's just one of those things there. I'm very confident going into this game. Um, let's talk about the other edge rusher, D Ford. He did mention today that he is on a pitch count, which I think you and I fully expected, right? He was on a pitch count in 2019 as well. Not for many injury reasons. It's just smarter to use him that way. If anyone paid attention to him in Kansas city, he wasn't really an every down defensive end. You know, you just don't use him that way. So him being on a pitch count, you know, how many third, how many second and sevens, third and sixes are there in a game? You know, he might have 20, 25 snaps, and that's what you want. If he gives you if he gives you five pressures or, you know, five hurries on 25 snaps, that's a win. That's what you want. So, and you know, with with the way Jared Goff moves, he could be a sitting duck, and that's beautiful. So, D Ford on a pitch count, I think that's going to be the recipe for D Ford all season. Use him in that way. Go with your base d- defensive line. Um, I would assume it's Bosa, DJ Jones, Kinlaw, Armstead, and then on passing downs, DJ Jones, <clears throat> Armstead, Bosa, and Ford. Like I would, that's probably how it would look, or some type of rotation of Ford and Ibukum on those pass rush downs. Yeah, Ford's ready to go. He. He's going to be on a pitch count for the rest of his career. It's not like something he's going to start off the season on a pitch count and then come week eight, he's, you know, playing 30 snaps the game. No, that's probably not going to happen. He's probably going to play somewhere around like 15, 20 snaps for the rest of his career per game. Uh, But he's ready to go. I saw him live at the joint practices that they had with the Chargers and 49ers. The guy actually got out there playing 11 on 11 and he looked really well. He looked like the 2019 D Ford when healthy. So yeah, it, he's he's ready to go. He's going to play Week One for sure. Obviously, you hold him out of the preseason because what the hell you you need a D Ford pass rush yeah, uh, for a preseason game that you ran that in 11 on 11s already against the Chargers. The difference is he's not allowed to take down the quarterback in those joint practices in the preseason game. He can. Um, that's the only difference there. You basically want to see his get off. And you want to see his bend from his defensive end position. He showed that in the joint practices during 11 on 11s. He's ready to go. Absolutely. And I'm excited for him to be ready to go. I had heard through other media outlets that, you know, he may have retired. Injury was more serious and he wasn't ready to come back. He's worked his way back and I'm very happy for him to do so. The Niners are trying to reap the benefits of that. And they redid the contract for a reason. Again, which kind of gives me hope for Jalen Hurd. Maybe they rehab him all the way back to full health. But we'll see how that goes. Healthy um, redshirt. Healthy redshirt. That's what I'm calling it. Yeah, that's kind of yeah, that's what it looks like. Um, the 49ers on defense should be able to dominate. We just mentioned, we mentioned the pass rush. We know about Fred Warner. 
we know about the secondary. We talked about it with Josh Norman, um, Jason Verrett, and the, these corners. I'm sorry, these corners versus these wide receivers. You know, Tyra Williams, Amon Ross, St. Brown. Those are your those are your two best guys. I mean, who are these people? Khalif Raymond, Tom Kennedy, Kadrell Hodge, and Quintus Cephas, like Trinity Benson. Quintus Cephas, I knew who he was because he played at Wisconsin, was a guy that I figured would go late in the draft. He did. But this this wide receiver room does not put fear in anybody. TJ Hawkinson's probably your best pass catcher, attendant of the TEU with George Kittle, Iowa product. So, you know, that's somebody to watch out for. And then the running back room, we don't know what's up with DeAndre Swift, who is battling injuries most of camp. Um, and then Jamal Williams, formerly of the Packers. So, again, offensively, th- there's nothing here that scares me versus this defense. On the other side of the ball, Dan Campbell spoke very highly of Debo Samuel, spoke very highly of Kyle Shanahan and how he likes to use eye candy and dress things up versus a defense. Another small prediction here. Leading receiver on Sunday is going to be Debo Samuel. Over 100 receiving yards for Debo Samuel on Sunday. Fully expect that. I think Dan Campbell fully expects the jet sweeps, the reverses, the bubbles. Whatever Debo can give you, he's going to give it to you on Sunday. Um, Anything on defense worry you with the Lions? Man, I I look at that uh, with with Debo Samuel. I, I I would love that matchup if I have Debo Samuel in fantasy football, because when you look at what they have, it's their linebacking core, Alex Anzalone. He's not good. He's not good. Uh, Jamie Collins. He's only good in Bill Belichick's system or not system, but with Bill Belichick in the new England Patriots, take him out of the Patriots building. He's a below average player. Uh, and so you're going to have those as your two inside linebackers if you're the Detroit Lions. Yes, he, Kyle Shanahan could run those horizontal jet sweeps all day because neither one of those two linebackers are sideline to sideline linebackers. And Kyle Shanahan's going to be able to pick apart this defense through the middle because they are not strong through the middle of their defense. Tracy Walker the third, eh. At free safety, at strong safety, you got Will Harris, another eh player. Um, I like Jeff Okuda coming out of college at, at corner, but he was not it last year That's for the enough. Detroit Lions. So, you know, year two, things could change. But this this defense, they have a lot of holes, a lot of holes um, that they got to fill. Well, Kyle Shanahan's, yeah, if he just runs jet sweeps with Debo all day like if it was the Rams game or the Patriots game last year, there's a ton, tons of yak yards to pick up against this defense because they're not sideline to sideline players. And this is going to be year one with the new head coach. And it's not like this defense was a top five defense before, uh, before the new regime took over. So yeah, there may be some growing pains. And when you have Kyle Shanahan week one, that's definitely going to be a part of the growing pains because he could have a hell of a game plan for a defense like this who's not sideline to sideline, who's not very horiz- who not who can't play horizontally very well. Hell, they probably not even ver- vertically very well. So Kyle Shannon, he's gonna have a field day. Whether he wants it to be Debo, Kittle, or Ayuk, he could literally kind of like what they say out there: choose your fighter, choose your fighter. 
uh, as your weapon if you're Kyle Shanahan. Yeah, if you're, uh, you know, if you're one of those guys who got a quarterback late in your fantasy drafts and you don't like the current quarterback, I'd probably suggest streaming Jimmy Garoppolo in this game. I don't know. That's just me. Um, I'm one of those guys. I usually I try to find a streaming quarterback depending on a matchup. But that could be one where you could reap the benefits. Twenty twenty five points out of out of Jimmy Garoppolo would be ideal. Um, I'm not a fantasy expert, but I've done that before. It's it's it is helpful to stream sometimes. Um, the only guy that kind of I'm interested in looking at this entire game on defense for the Lions is Melifonwu. Got to see him in person at the Senior Bowl. Liked everything about him. Thought it was a really good pick. For the Lions, it was a guy that I hoped the Niners were going to take, but they did not. They went with a, uh, they went with um, Trey Sermon and obviously Aaron Banks in those rounds. So, you know, the, it's it's a team that's lacking in town. They're in a rebuild mode. This is why Matthew Stafford got traded. They were rebuilding all over again. Um, it's just not a winning organization. So, the Niners should be able to go through this game. With relative ease, I, I would assume they do have the largest point um, betting line of, at seven and a half, minus seven and a half. I've had some folks hit me up saying they're going to tease it up to eight and a half. See how that works. Um, this one, the only thing that kind of worries me with the 49ers is how, you know, how do they look offensively, you know, when it comes to this wide receiver room? You know, is is are you going to be healthy all the way, ready to go? How are they going to utilize their running backs? Like those are the things I'm kind of looking for. And then, of course, the Trey Lance uh, factor in this game. Anything else stick out to you about this game, Leo? This is this week one, man. It's it's always weird. Week ones are always weird. Yeah, like I said, Mike McGlinchey's having a good preseason. I don't think he's as bad as a tackle as most make him out to be. Uh, when you take away the emotion out of it. When watching live and the 49ers are making a comeback in the fourth quarter and then Mike McGlinchey gives up a, a pressure against the Philadelphia Eagles that leads to a, basically a game clicking snack for the Eagles. But hey, once you take out the emotion out of it, he's actually a really good right tackle and more than likely someone that they're going to extend. So I'm interested in this matchup, Trey Flowers versus Mike McGlinchey. How does that look? Trey Flowers is... Obviously, another Bill Belichick guy that's been taken out of his building and signed that big deal with the Detroit Lions. Since that since that signing, he wasn't good last year. He only had two sacks. And the year before, he put up seven, which is solid for a player like, like Trey Flowers. But I want to see what that matchup is going to look like and, and how Mike McGlinchey holds his own against a guy who's 6'2", 265, and Mike and who's a power rusher, not a speed rusher, a power rusher. So we're talking about big Mike McGlinchey, someone who put on weight, someone who looks bigger, which yes, he does look bigger. I saw him in the joint practices and the preseason game. Guy does not look like a stick out there. Um, He looks big. So him going against week one, an above average to good edge rusher in Trey Flowers, who uses a power rush to win. I want to see what that looks like. I want to see what that looks like for, for Mike McGlinchey. Yeah, I mean, I'm not too worried about Trey Flowers in this game. I, I, I He's not going to game wreck it. I'm not saying that. No, yeah, I'm yeah, just saying yeah. for Mike McGlinchey's standpoint, like, I want to see what that looks like. Does he allow no pressures, one pressure, two pressures? Like, what what happens here? I, I'm interested to see that. Yeah, no, that's fair. And I, I to me, I think the Niners are going to run right behind Trent Williams all game. I think that's where they're going to. 
hey, Trent, we just paid you all this money. Let's just run the ball behind you and uh, <laughs> just eat up a whole bunch of yards and kill the clock. I, I, I foresee the Niners completely dominating this game in the run game. Like I said, this could be a 40 rush attempt game. Just mm-hmm. killing clock, just complete domination all the way around. Um, you know, um, uncut gems when Adam Sandler says, this is how I win. That's how I envision Kyle Shanahan when he runs the ball. Like that is, that's what he wants to do. So that is Kyle Shanahan in a nutshell. Um, you know, it's hard to find something to be worried about in this game. You know, if this was like week one, we're playing Seattle. Okay. Let's talk about Russell Wilson, but no, this is Jared Goff. This is Dan Campbell. This is the Detroit lions who are completely rebuilding. I would be surprised if this team wins four games this year. It's just a complete rebuild again in Detroit, so it's really tough. The 49ers are expected to to dominate, and I fully expect them to dominate. Um, I'll be surprised if the Lions score more than 13 points. I'll give them 13, which may seem like quite a bit already, but I'll, yeah. I'm talking about surprise. I'll be surprised if they put up more than 13. Yeah, I, I would be too. 13 seems like a lot, just the way they were talking about them. It's just a bad team. <laughs> You know this. This look. This could look like the Niners were Cincinnati in 2019, right? The game's over at halftime. It's like 27, 28, nothing. You know, do we see Trey Lance in some garbage time if he's clear? That'd be cool. That's yeah. kind of what I'm hoping for. If it's garbage time, let the kid play. Let him get some reps. Um, but for the team, you know, for the Lions, I, I just don't think it's a it's a good matchup for them. I think it's gonna be a long season for Detroit, and the Niners start season right one and zero. And they got no one who stopped the run either. No one. Nobody. No one. Michael Brockers, who they just signed this offseason, is not. He's in the back know, end of his career. Yeah, he's back end of his career. He's not a run stopper at this point. Aleem McNeil, eh. Nick Williams, eh. Like, they have no one that could stop the run. And like I said, with these inside linebackers that the Lions have, it's these guys aren't going to be flying through the gaps, you know, an empty gap or anything. They should just have a field day. Terrible matchup for the for the Lions. Terrible. Yeah, this is going to be rough for the Lions. Ah, well, Niners start one to know. Get the season started off right, and slowly work in your number three overall pick, as long as he is healthy, and uh, we get to it. I was on board with ripping the bandaid off, but we are not there at this point with the with the Niners and Trey Lance and Jimmy Garoppolo. It is what it is. The Niners can still win games with Jimmy. Now it's all about how. Mm-hmm. So. How do you win this game? You run the ball 40 times. Yes, Jimmy Garoppolo to throw 20 to 25. Keep it clean, Jimmy. Come out of this game healthy. Come out of this game with no dumb turnovers. And we will be moving on to Philadelphia. And they get, they're get staying out east. So the Niners are looking to start off 2-0, which I think most people across the country in media believe that's how, they, how it's going to start, 2-0. And that bodes well for the 49ers. Their first stay in the east coast because they did it twice in 2019 um but their first trip on the east coast in a season they are in total 4-0 so far um at least since 2019 so let's keep it going make it 6-0 now make it 6-0 for you know three straight years go 6-0 well no no because they lost to baltimore remember that's why i said the first that's why i said the first trip the first trip first trip Oh, the first trip of the okay, season yeah. of the season. Yeah, yeah. I didn't first want to trip. count that, yes. but if we're getting, if we're going to count it, then they are, uh, what would that be? Five and one because they beat yeah. the saints. The, yeah. You know, the, their after their stay. So five and one hell make it seven and one. Let's do it. And 
just an odd nugget I saw today. Uh, 1981, 1984, the 49ers did start on the road at Detroit. Both times in those seasons, the Niners won those games, and they also ended up in the Super Bowl. I'm here for it. Like, it, just, you know, yeah. if any any type of tinfoil hats, I'm, I'm here for it. Beersies, whatever. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay. Always. You know, I'm a baseball guy, so I'm superstitious all the way. <laughs> Works for me. Yeah, if um, I go three for four with the homer, I'm not washing my baseball pants. Like, what is that? Come on. 49ers do take on the Detroit Lions. Again, if you are betting, Niners are minus seven and a half. If you are in fantasy football, I would definitely play Debo Samuel, George Kittle, Jimmy Garoppolo, Raheem Mostert. Whoever you got, I'd start them against the Detroit Lions. Just get 49ers after defense. 49ers defense. Absolutely. Robbie Gold, too. He might miss one, but he'll oh. make the others. Oh, we're playing fantasy with kickers now. Yeah, I don't know who does that. I hate that, but whatever. <laughs> uh, I try to look. I try to look at my league to see if I could take out the kickers, but it didn't let me. You can do that. There's a setting. Just remove kicker, replace it with an extra flex. Yeah, I'm, or try, something. I'm trying a new app, and I guess that app doesn't let me. It is oh, okay. what it is. Yeah. I got you. All right. Well, we're gonna get out of here. Four Niners versus Lions Sunday. Everyone, uh, stay safe. Enjoy the game. Reach out to Leo and I on Twitter at JavierVague underscore for me and my guy Leo here at LeoLuna93. And uh, we will be here to engage all season long. We look for a long, good season. Niners making into the playoffs. That's what needs to be done here. And the way to do that is start off on the right foot, 1-0 against the Detroit Lions. Until then, we will talk to you guys next week. Peace.